This is Benny's with Benny coming to you from the Ring of Fire, the also evergreen state home to Bigfoot rain and great wine. Washington. How are you folks doing today? I want to thank you for tuning into my weekly podcast. Uh, we have an interesting topic today that actually was recommended to me by one of my really close friends uh, who is in kind of a rocky relationship at this point, and he wanted me to kind of, I guess, uh, relay the advice and, and kind of suggestions I gave him onto a podcast episode saying it might be interesting to touch on. Um, this wasn't exactly what I wanted to talk about this week. I had something planned otherwise, but uh, next week's podcast will cover what I had planned for this week, and uh, next week we'll make it a little bit longer episode. Um, so basically what we're going to be covering today are relationship downfalls and conversations you should have with uh, your significant other. Um, you know, at some point in your guys' relationship, no matter how, how far into a relationship you are, there's actually a lot you can always learn from the person you're with. And, you know, we often see people who, who break up with people because they get bored uh, in a so-called relationship. And in my opinion, the person leaving that relationship is the one who who, uh, who needs some work, not the person that's being left behind. Um, you know, relationships are kind of an interesting thing, folks. We see people getting in and out of them fairly frequently. So like we used to do here at Benny's with Benny, I went ahead and pulled up the definition from the Oxford Dictionary. Um, so they define a relationship as the way in which two or more concepts, objects, or people are connected or the state of being connected. I didn't really like that for a relationship definition. So I went with their third string one, which is way in which two or more people or groups regard and behave toward each other. I like that second one because it's a lot more human. Um, it's a lot more behavioral, if that makes sense, kind of things that we can do and, and make sure we do in a relationship for our significant other or partner or whatever it is that you refer to them as. Um, but essentially, this is something that hits home to me because what a lot of people don't know is, you know, my fiance and I actually, she is my first ever official relationship. Um, you know, when I was in high school, I didn't really want to date. Uh, you know, I was never really putting myself out there because I always saw it as something that would never go anywhere. And I saw it as I would be losing a friend, um, you know, or, or, a, or an acquaintance over a relationship that wouldn't essentially go anywhere. I, I wasn't at a point in life where I could sit down and really dedicate time to a relationship and, and work on myself to be who I needed to for that relationship. Um, so if you're a high schooler, if you're, you know, younger and, and you're, you're kind of out there and you're like, I haven't, I don't have a girlfriend, I don't have a boyfriend, I don't have whatever. Um, don't worry about it, folks. It comes to, you know, at your own time here. And, and, and certainly, you know, it's better to be ready to commit to a relationship and work on one than to just be in one for the sake of being in a relationship. And we'll, we'll touch on that kind of down throughout, throughout the episode today. Um, you know, my, my biggest thing, like I said, was I essentially knew that I wasn't at a point in life, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old, you don't really have the capabilities to spend a lot of time developing yourself and the person that you're with. Uh, you're kind of, you know, both going through high school together and experiencing things awkwardly. And, you know, it's, it's really hard to find out who, you know, who is really worth changing for, I guess, because if you plan on going to college or whatever it is, your life paths are kind of going away. And, uh, going away from one another. And, and we'll touch on that here in today's episode. Um, but so like I said, the definition of relationship that we're going to use, um, you know, a little bit of backstory, backstory on me here is the way in which two or more people or groups regard and behave toward one another. Um, you know, me being in my first ever serious relationship and ending up being engaged, I didn't rush into it. I didn't, you know, go 
go into it blindly. I actually thought about it, folks. It was, uh, you know, my fiance and I had been dating for five years when I proposed to her and I knew that it was, you know, where we had gotten, not where, um, you know, what my other options were or her other options were, you know, we were, we were very upfront and honest with each other with kind of expectations and what we wanted to do and where we wanted to go. So I guess that's a really good segue to kind of start off. I broke them down into eight kind of topics that everybody should touch on with their significant other at some point. And, and me and my fiance bring these up a lot, a lot, a lot, some of them more than others. Um, you know, but the first one is folks, you can't beat it. You should always have it. You should always do it. Honesty. Um, honesty is going to convey into all of the next, uh, seven steps after it, but being honest with the person you're in a relationship is huge. Um, that's why my fiance and I made it this far, folks. Uh, we were always honest with one another, no matter if it, if it felt like we were hurting the other person's feelings or we were going against what the other person wanted. We were honest with one another about where exactly we saw this relationship, how much it meant to one another. And you know, at times when it didn't, we would let each other know that. And then we would work on making it be the relationship that we knew it could be and that it turned into. Um, you know, cause that's just what it is. You, you want to find somebody that you want to dedicate that time to and, you know, really work on to develop yourself and themselves and, and get somewhere, you know, somewhere beautiful in quotation marks, I should say at the end of it. And, you know, doing that in high school is really hard because we're all trying to figure ourselves out, which is, you know, why I kind of shied away from that. Um, and, you know, I'll be honest with you folks. It's, it's a little hard for me to believe that, you know, at, at 15, 16 years old, it, it's, you know, you can meet somebody who is the one for you. I'm not saying it's impossible. There are cases of it out there, but you're just at an age where there are so, there's so much left for you to see in life and kind of get a taste of that. It's hard to really like settle down and, and be that dedicated. And I mean, think about all the people that you know, that were together through high school. How many, how many of them are still together now? And then think of the people that people meet after college or during college or whatnot that are, you know, together and have been together since then. Um, you know, so, so you definitely want to be honest, folks. You know, like I said, honesty is, is, is really the key in communication, in the relationship with yourself, with the, you know, the person you're with, obviously. But you, you really want to make sure that you're hunkering down and getting what you want from this relationship and that it's a relationship that you want to have. Because, you know, like I said earlier, if you're getting in a relationship just to say that you got into a relationship, I would strongly suggest against that. There's no point to do that. You're going to end up hurting the person that you're, you know, with at the time. And you're not going to get anywhere with it. So, you know, definitely be honest with yourself and the person that, that you're that you're dating with expectations, what exactly you want, where you want the relationship to go and whatnot. After honesty, folks, comes communication. And communication is a huge umbrella. Um, so step number two here, or tip number two, is more communication in the relationship definitely helps. Um, you know, I... I I have a lot of my friends who, who get in fights, get in arguments with their wives, their fiancés, their girlfriends, their boyfriends, their husbands, whatever. And then always tell me, I can't talk to them. And that is not true. You can talk to anybody. You just have to muster up the courage to do so. It's hard having a conversation with somebody you care about, knowing that you're going into it with a difference of opinion and a different of a difference kind of mindset than they have. Um, you know, you especially see this become a problem when, when the intimacy gets cut in a relationship or it doesn't meet the standards of one or the other party. And for some reason, folks, what blows my mind is people are out there being intimate with one another, but when they have to talk about it, they're kind of quiet. Nobody's voicing exactly what they want. Nobody's voicing whether or not they're feeling satisfied intimately or not satisfied intimately or, or anything like that. And folks, these are conversations that you should have with somebody. Um, 
you know, my, my, my fiance was the first one who told me that, you know, Ben relationships in two ways, you either marry that person or you break up. And when you think about it, that is really the case. I mean, you, you only have two options. You're, you're dating somebody for, you know, a period of time and you can either break up with them or marry them and spend the rest of your life with them. Um, and you know, the communication is huge, folks. You need to talk about what you're looking for in a relationship. You need to talk about what you're wanting from a relationship. You need to talk about kind of what exactly it is that, that you're that you're looking for in making yourself a better partner for them. So, you know, like an example, for instance, um, you know, with the smoking. When I was trying to explain to my fiance why I was smoking and she really didn't like it, um, you know, I, I just kind of cut back from it. I stopped doing it. Why? Because I knew that it was less important than how my fiance felt about me. No matter how much I wanted to smoke, I knew that if it was something physical, something I can stop and something that is going to benefit me, uh, you know, I could stop and do it. And yeah, a lot of my friends were like, oh, why are you quitting smoking? She's, you know, doing all this to you, whatever, like making you change who you are, what you want to do. And I'm like, she is changing what I want to do, but she's not changing who I am. I'm not a smoker. But it was one of those points where, you know, she sat me down and was like, I want you to be able to live as long as you can and, and as healthy as you can. And this is really detrimental. And, you know, we got to the agreement where I would, I would stop and, and kind of made that I told her, I was like, I'm going to smoke, but come the first of the year, you know, I'm going to cut the amount of I'm smoking and, and stop. And, and I did. So it's definitely something like that, folks, you know, a, a give and take in the relationship is huge. You really want to communicate about what's going on. You want to be honest with them and upfront with what you're looking for. Um, Something else that, that, you know, I guess step number three or, or, or talk number three that you want to have, topic number three, uh, are going to be bills. This is an interesting one. Um, you know, I have a lot of people tell me who are actually bothered by when the opposite sex pays for them, and I am the same way. I don't like, and I didn't like when my fiance and I started dating that she would ever even offer to pay. I know that sounds sexist and misogynistic or whatever you want to call it, but it's how I was raised, my culture, it was... For me, it was not a big deal. It was kind of the man's responsibility to do that, which is incredibly sexist, but still. Um, so, you know, I would always go in with the mentality of don't let her pay, don't let her do this. And the only way we got around it, folks, was by having a conversation about how she felt with me doing that. And, you know, at the end of the day, it was something that I swallowed and gave up, stopped trying to do because I knew that it was really making her feel uncomfortable. And my goal in the relationship isn't to make my fiance feel uncomfortable. It's to make her feel heard and to give her the attention and the love that nobody else out there is going to give her. Um, you know, so that's definitely something you want to have a conversation with folks, whether you're moving out, whether you're, you know, set those expectations that you're going to cover those topics that are, that are hard to discuss kind of more personal, how much are they setting aside in their bank account every month? You know, what are they saving? What, what is their savings accounts looking like? What are their kind of, um, you know, I'm alluding into the fourth point a little bit. What are their kind of aspirations and what's, what's all that looking like here? Um, you know, so you definitely want to discuss finances, bills, who's paying what, who's paying how, um, you know, spending habits, all of that, because those really do, do matter. You know, if I was somebody who would go out Monday through Sunday and blow my paycheck in a week, my fiance and I probably wouldn't be here this, this far and, you know, vice versa, same for her, but you know, we're, we're responsible enough to have those conversations with each other, even when they are hard topics. Um, number four here is, is plans and outlooks. So I, I touched on this one a little bit earlier, but you know, you definitely want to have a plan. Where is this relationship going? What exactly is it that you guys are in a relationship for or ladies or whatever, you know, it's where, where do you want to take this? Um, you know, my fiance and I, she would always ask me, she's like, man, where do you want this to go? And I, I, you know, I tell everybody, I said this and I don't know how many people believe me, but I would always tell her, 
Jenna, let's worry about tomorrow. Let's worry about next week. Let's worry about a year when we get to that next year. Um, which would scare a lot of girls off. And, and, you know, my fiance is extremely courageous, you know, staying with kind of with me, even when I would never really tell her that, Hey, my intention is to get married to you and, and to have a family with you and to spend the rest of my life with you. You know, I would allude to it every now and then, but I never wanted to set that as the expectation. I always wanted it to kind of be a, uh, we're together now, things are working now. When the next step comes, we'll both know and we'll be ready for it. And when I hit, you know, when we hit that five year mark, um, I really kind of, I, w- I woke up one morning and I was just like, I don't want to spend my life without her. I can't live without her. I really can't. And I made the decision to propose because I was like, you know, we're ready. I, I have a full-time job. She, you know, she, she does as well. And, you know, we're, we're making steps towards having that adult life on our own to where it's, it's, it's time. And, and I'm not going to change anything between her and I just because we're engaged and neither is she, but you know, I, I would, I would be heartbroken I would be devastated if she wasn't next to me and you know I just got to the point where I was like I want to I want to spend the rest of my life with her so kind of our, our outlook was always there I knew that that was the case that that she wanted to do that I mean she did say yes uh she was a lot more willing to talk about marriage and and big lifetime moves more than I was um you know but it, it was a really good conversation of kind of where where we both saw this relationship going that way when I met with her parents to ask for the blessing and, and all this um you know, it was it was an easy conversation. I could I could assure them that it was kind of something we had both touched on, but she had no idea I was going to do because I would always kind of say, "When the time is right, the time is right, and you'll know." Um, so, definitely something to discuss, folks. Like I said, what exactly are the plans and, and outlooks of the relationship, and and where are you trying to see this go? Because if the plans don't align, folks, there's no point in staying in that relationship. And I know it's going to suck to break up with somebody, but it's better to do it at an earlier stage than at a later one. Um, you know, before you make any big major life decisions, because usually it tends to be the case that people don't change for other people unless you meet somebody you absolutely adore and love, you know, to, to where you're willing to do that. So it's definitely something that you want to address, you know, earlier on in a relationship. I, I'm not saying the first two weeks, three months or whatever, but probably within the first year to, to 18 months, you, you definitely want to have that conversation, um, which brings me to my next point. Those conversations about the honesty, the plans, the bills, you know, the communication, the little secrets, folks. And when I say little secrets, I know you know what I'm talking about. Those things that your parents don't even know about you, your siblings don't even know about you, your best friend may or may not know about you. My fiance is honestly my best friend. Um, We get along so well and we do everything together and she is great and I love her to death. But she's a different type of best friend from, you know, my, my, my buddy Joseph, my buddy Brian, Alex, you know, I can go on and on, Michael, whatever. It's a different kind of friendship. She knows me more for me while my friends know me for the, the, the Ben that is Ben without Jenna, if that makes sense. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the same person, but it's more so I'm a lot more vulnerable with, with Jenna than I am with my, you know, with my homies because I'm not trying to be crying on their shoulder or whatever it is that may be. And you really want to be in a relationship with somebody that you can do that with folks. I, I, you know, I never understood why people are like, oh, I don't like talking to my significant other about X, Y, Z. You're going to have to. And it's like, what's the point of being in a relationship if you're not ready to be vulnerable with them? Uh, you know, when I get in an argument, when I have a bad day at work, when something goes wrong, yeah, I'm going to tell my homies, be like, yeah, today was a really effed up day or whatever. But when I have that conversation with Jenna, I'm going to get into a lot more detail and explain why I'm so pissed off and what I can do to, to help myself out. And this I knew, you know, she was the one and this is why we're together and why we made it this far because she can do the same thing with me, you know, as opposed to her friends and me, like the way she speaks to them and the way she talks to me is different in the sense that it's a lot more vulnerable and opening up. 
And those those little secrets, you know, those those little things that take you off, those little vulnerabilities, I should say, are kind of what make that relationship where you can really confide into somebody and show them that, hey, I'm being vulnerable for you. And of course, you want to make sure that the person you're doing that with is the right person and they're not going to take advantage of you and, and hurt you down the road, you know, because there are some some pretty bad people out there, folks. But you know, when you get to that point, it's 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 really important to be honest and open about that stuff. You know, if you have something that's been bothering you, that's that's you think is going to blow away out of proportion, you need to share that because those small things are kind of what what tick at the tick at the glass until it shatters. So, you know, those those little conversations, little secrets, vulnerabilities are definitely things you want to you want to touch on with your significant other. Um, and then number six, needs and boundaries. This one I want to spend a lot of time on because. It's really important. Um, you know, there are people out there who are in relationships thinking just because I have a girlfriend, fiance, wife, they need to do everything I ask them to. And that is completely wrong. There are people out there who think, oh, I'm in a relationship with somebody. You know, I need to, I, I need to have them do whatever it is I ask them to do. And that is completely wrong. You know, you're, the person you're in a relationship with isn't somebody that is supposed to be your servant or your, your employee or your kind of fulfiller, if that makes sense. It's somebody that you should have conversations with and understand why and why not, you know, why or why, uh, why or why aren't they comfortable in doing something? Uh, Those tongue twister there. Um, So it's definitely something, you know, a conversation you want to have with your significant other. Where are you okay to take, you know, intimacy? Where are you okay to take, you know, moving away from family, from friends, from work, from, you know, are you comfortable with me you know, having a gun in the house? Are you comfortable with me having a snake as a pet? Are you comfortable with me having a dog as a pet, a cat as a pet? You know, those those kind of things like, you know, for instance, my fiance is a vegetarian and, and I have asked her before, are you bothered if I cook meat in front of you? You know, is that, a, is that a problem? And she's never said yes. She's just said, you know, I would prefer that you don't do it right in front of me, but obviously we're going to share the same kitchen, so it's going to happen, you know, and it's it's kind of those boundaries where I know that if I could avoid her seeing me cut up, you know, a steak or, or a chicken or a turkey or whatever, that I don't have to do in front of her, not to do it in front of her. And that's not, you know, nothing bad. It's just me not being a, you know, a, a rude individual and doing something in front of my fiance that makes her feel uncomfortable. And, you know, those conversations are really important to have folks, you know, the, the, the needs of kind of what she wants and, and what I can do to help fulfill that. As long as she understands that it's within the boundaries that I'm okay with, with setting with her. And, you know, obviously, you know, for instance, like, like the, 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 the smoking when I was doing it, there was a clear, you know, I wanted it. I, I, it was a need, I guess, of mine, but she had a boundary against it. And we kind of got to the point where I understood that her boundary was more important than my need. And that's nothing wrong to do folks. It's actually very mature to have a conversation with somebody to where you can understand why they're asking you to change your behavior and kind of shape yourself to still be okay with what's going on, but still change with, uh, you know, with kind of the, the wants and desires of the person you're with. So definitely something you want to keep in mind. Um, after needs and behaviors, folks, one that is probably my uh, my favorite on this list is family and friends. Um, number seven. I could honestly make a half-hour segment on just this, and I have before. I've, I've had this segment of who are your friends, who is your family, how to define them, what makes family, what makes a good friend, all this stuff. But what I'm talking about is in your relationship. And... Jenna and I, the way we are in a relationship is we don't change who we are in front of our friends. My friends are Jenna's friends and Jenna's friends are my friends. Um, you know, we've had conversations about friends of mine she doesn't like and friends of hers I didn't like. And, 
you know, those people usually are, are still, you know, for the most part are still in our lives, but sometimes they're not. And it's not because we, you know, the other party was like, Hey, I don't want you to be their friend or I want you to be their friend more. It was a kind of a mutual understanding of why the other or myself felt that way, you know, towards that individual. Um, family is a big one though. I kind of want to focus on family more. Um, you know, my family is really, really close. And anybody that knows me knows that my family is kind of the, uh, the definition of, of, of a family with, within its, you know, within itself, if that makes sense. Uh, we do everything together. We're, we're the kind of family that's going to have dinner every night of the week together, not because we want to, but because we can, and we're thankful to be able to do that. And we keep each other involved in every major life decision, every, you know, whatever is going on, our, my family is very involved with, with one another. And, you know, when Jen and I started dating, that was not, I don't want to say unnatural for her, but it wasn't something she was used to. You know, it's not the case culturally here in the United States where you have a family that is so involved, but I, I was flattered by it. Um, you know, you can't really, you can't really grow in a relationship if you're ashamed of your family or, or bringing people around your family. And, and I, I, for one, am not, you know, I, I did warn Jenna about my family's kind of ups and downs, depending on what they were and when, when she met them and, and, you know, she did the same, but it was, it was one of those things where you have to take your family for who they are folks. And, and your family is always going to be there for you if that relationship goes south and the person you're in the relationship with won't. And until that changes, you know, to the point where you're married or engaged, like Jenna and I are, that should always be the case. You know, I know how, how rude it sounds, but it's, you, you really should place your family, if not above on the same level as the person you're in a relationship with. Um, you know, take their advice, take their, hear, hear them out. If, if, you know, I've had, you know, my sister, for instance, when I, when I first brought Jenna around the house, you know, my fiance, she was not a fan of her and Jenna wasn't a fan of Erna either. You know, they didn't really see eye to eye, but they didn't know each other. You know what I mean? It was, it was something Erna was acting on impulse. My sister and Jenna was doing the same and it was just like, oh, rubbing each other the wrong way. And then I was like, look, Erna, she's my girlfriend and she's going to be whether or not you like her or not. You have to get to know her before you can give me your opinion of her. And I said the same thing to Jenna. That's my sister. I can't change my sister and you should get to know her before you give me your opinion of her. Um, and now they're best friends and they genuinely are. It's not like they, you know, put up a front in front of me. Like they do things by themselves and whatnot. They actually hang out, which is, which is good because they knew they got to know each other for who they are instead of using that, oh, I'm his family. I don't need to know her or I'm his girlfriend. I don't need to know his family or boyfriend. I don't need to know her family, whatever. You want to be there, folks. You, you, you want to be there for those family things so the family can get to know you and see who you are so that, you know, when the day comes that you propose or get married, it's not an awkward conversation and you're kind of aware of the ups and the downs of the family and everything like that. Even if your family isn't somebody, you know, you're, you're, you're close to, you should still, you know, let, let that, you know, the very least, let the person you're in a relationship know why they're not close with you. You know, what kind of happened between your family and yourself that strain that relationship or, or, you know, if there even was one kind of where it went south so that, you know, things are aware because I'll tell you one thing, folks, it's, it's absurd to think that, you know, your family traditions and, and kind of upraising won't stem into the relationship. Of course it does. You know, it, it, it does all the time, even, even in mine and Jenna's, it's something that, that comes up all the time where Jenna's like, that is so from your dad or that is so from your mom and vice versa. You know, it's just who we are as individuals and you just, the beautiful thing is like you lurk, you, you, you learn to work with it and you learn to grow with it. You know, you learn to accept those kind of the flaws and the imperfections to take that individual for, for who they are. Um, 
So definitely a really important one, folks, the friends and family conversation. If it's friends and family that are bothering your significant other, you really want to have a conversation with them so they understand what's going on and, and where they're at and, and why that person's in your life and all of that jazz. Because it's at the end of the day, folks, you know, those are people who have known you and who are there for you. And, and, and you know, if your significant other is kind of straining away from them, you need to find out why before you take the side of either one of them, um, you know, and make sure that they know each other really well before they do that. And of course, you want to make sure that you stand up for your significant other or your family if you feel them being belittled. Um, you know, those are hard conversations. Those are hard decisions. And Jenna, Jenna and I have had to make those a few times on both ends, you know, when it came to my family or her family. And I never expected her to pick my family side and she never expected me to pick her family side. Um, you know, both of our families mean a lot to us. And there were things that occurred where we just didn't see eye to eye and we still don't see eye to eye on sometimes, but we make it work. You know, you accept it, you, you, you learn it, you grow from it. And you realize that if you can get over things like that in the long run, there's really not a lot that you can encounter in a relationship for a lifetime. That's going to be hard to come over. So definitely, definitely a good conversation to have folks. And then last but not least point or uh, topic number eight that you should have in your relationship, the fears and arguments conversation. Um, I should say fears of arguments and fear conversations. Uh, what I mean by this folks is find out what kind of individual your partner is when they get upset. And I don't mean this by getting them upset, <laughs> you know, don't go out there and piss your partner off. I'm saying find out how they behave when they're frustrated, ask them, you know, what, what makes them tick, ask them what, what, you know, what kind of how do they argue? Are they stubborn? Are they somebody who just yells and needs to vent before they can have a conversation? Or are they somebody who can calm down and handle it the way it is? It's good to know. It really is. Um, you know, my, my fiance used to tell me that she was extremely stubborn. And then when she got to know me better, she realized she's really not that stubborn compared to how I am. But I'm also a lot more capable of having a, a, a calmer conversation about what's bothering me than she is but she's a lot better at expressing what's bothering her than I am. You know, I, I tend to bottle things up and not really, not express them immediately. And she's a very, very good at letting me know when I step out of line, as she should be. Um, you know, I, I certainly like it because I'm somebody who likes direct feedback. I like being able to know what I did wrong so I can correct it immediately, not down the road or in a month or three months or whatever. So have that conversation, folks. Ha you know, let them tell you essentially how they handle conflict, how they handle, you know, confrontation. What exactly makes them tick? What exactly pisses them off more? And, you know, when I had the word fear in there, I think it's really smart. And, and both my fiance and I have addressed this. What are you afraid of in a relationship? Are you afraid of being cheated on? Are you afraid of gaining real feelings for somebody? You know, things like that make a huge difference in the long run, folks. You know, when, when my fiance and I started dating, we, we, we set expectations of, you know, what's okay to do and what's not okay to do, you know. If you're, you know, getting drunk and smashed every, you know, every night you can on a week uh, on on a weekend, and your significant other isn't there, is that really the best thing for your relationship? Probably not. You know, drunk people make stupid decisions. Although I'm a firm believer of, you know, drunk people just being more honest than they are when they're sober. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where you really want to make sure that you have the conversation of what is the person you're with afraid of, so you you know they don't have to be afraid of what you're doing and, and who you are. You know, when Jenna told me what, what, you know, makes her, I guess what she's afraid of the most and, and, you know, what would hurt her the most, I know to, you know, not do that. I know not to behave that way because I don't want to worry her. I don't want to be petty and make her scared about what I'm doing when I'm out with my friends. 
you know, I'm an honest individual. I'm, I'm honest with her. I, I always tell her, I'm like, I'm going to tell you if I start feeling like this relationship isn't going the way I want it to. And when I say I, I sound possessive, but it is important. You know, it stems from me into us. If I'm not healthy, if I'm not where I need to be, if I'm not getting what I want, I can't give us what we want. And the same goes for her. And, you know, I'm not saying that I force Jenna to do things or Jenna forces me to do things, but like the smoking example, folks, it's conversations that you need to have to set yourself up for success. A relationship is something you work on, not something that you do for the intimacy and for the the, the free meals and, and the gifts and then dip when you're ready to leave. You know, it's really something that you got to dedicate time to. And, you know, I, I, I have friends of mine who, who, who get bored, quote unquote, in a relationship and, and break up and then are like, oh, I like being single, all this. It's like, you shouldn't have gotten a relationship if you like being single in the first place. Wait till you're ready to settle down and build with somebody so you don't hurt somebody down the road. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot harder to do it that way than it is to shoot and miss, you know, until you hit the target once. So... Those are my kind of relationship tips and, and, and topics, folks, that I think every couple should address and talk to. Um, I hope you folks had a great Valentine's Day, by the way. Uh, my fiance and I certainly did. We went to the casino. I made some money. It was great. Uh, danced a little bit. Um, you know, the, the topics, again, they stem from the honesty, folks. Set honesty expectations. Set expectations, to be honest with each other. Uh, the communication. Have talks about the talks you want to have. The bills, the plans and outlooks, the little secrets, vulnerabilities, uh, needs and boundaries, families and friends, and, you know, fears and arguments, folks. You definitely want to have those conversations so you folks are all on the same page and, and working towards building a lifelong relationship with a lifelong friend. Uh, you know, have those conversations whenever you feel uncomfortable in a relationship to the sense of bringing up something with your partner, you should probably be having that conversation why you feel uncomfortable because you're not used to having those kind of conversations and you're not sure how your partner is going to react. But it's definitely a good conversation to have, no matter how outrageous it is. And even if it ends the relationship, at least it's ending on honest terms and you know open communication lines, essentially. And remember that you know a relationship is a two-person team. I said it earlier, you have to be you know ready to to be ready for both of you. And you, you have to be good to be good for both of you. And it stems like that. So don't forget that. I hope you folks appreciated this week's episode. We're reaching out that half an hour mark. Uh, so I'm going to sign off here. Please tune in next week. I promise you next week's episode is going to be uh, uh, interesting. And we may or may not be having a special guest. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. So we will see. But uh, I love you folks. And thank you so much for tuning in. And again, happy Valentine's Day. Hope you had a good one.